G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. It's so easy to look at God and come to the conclusion, well, I want that part of Him, but not that bit, and definitely not that bit. It seems that all too often we want God on our terms rather than His, but God just doesn't work that way. I'm Bernie Diamond, and thanks so much for joining me again on Christianity Works. Today we're going to take a look at this tendency that we all have during the difficult times in life, you know, when the storms hit, to push God away. So let's head into the Word, and look, do stay tuned, because in just a few minutes, I'll be telling you about our latest life application booklet called On Solid Ground. I'd love to send you a free copy to help you live in the victory that Jesus died and rose again to bring you. Have you ever wanted something in life? I mean, really, really, really wanted it. And then when you finally get it, you just want to give it back. I think we've all experienced that at some point. And you know, I think that for some people, it can be the case with God. I know people, lots of people, who hunger to be close to God. I I know there are people listening today. Maybe you're one of them. And all their lives... They've wanted God, whatever that means. But can I tell you something? Even something really good, I mean really, really good like God, well, it can be a shock to the system. And the reason is that we have these idealised, unrealistic notions of what that good thing will be like. Take the young woman who wants more than anything else to be married, and she finally meets her knight in shining armour, she marries him, and a year later she's wondering, what happened to all my ideas of romance 24 by 7? Today on the program, we're going to take a look at some people who who got God and couldn't wait to give him back. Now, over these last few weeks, we've been working our way through the story of of Hannah and Eli and his sons in the book of 1 Samuel. And the the crux of it is that that Hannah honours God, but Eli and his sons don't. And the turning point of the whole story comes in the verse 1 Samuel. If you've got a Bible, grab it, open it up here in 1 Samuel Chapter 2, verse 30, where God says, I will honour those who honour me, but those who despise me will be treated with contempt. And we've seen how the central reality of that verse has played itself out in the lives of Hannah, who was blessed when she couldn't have a son, and she honoured God, and God gave her a son, Samuel. And and the opposite is Eli and his sons Hophni and Phinehas, who didn't honour God and were greatly punished. In fact, they lost their lives because of that. This story plays itself out in the storms of life. I mean, Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, they were the priests. They should have been bringing God's people close to God, yet they were living the life of Riley, as we saw last week on the program. And God had them killed. Their job was to bring people close to God, and yet they were not honouring him. Instead, they led Israel to a place of defeat. 
We saw last week in 1 Samuel chapter 4, when the Philistines attacked, Israel thinks, oh, well, God's always on our side. We'll we'll go to battle. And they had a huge defeat. 30,000 of their soldiers were killed. The Ark of the Covenant, the, the presence of God itself, was captured by the Philistines. So the Ark of the Covenant was where God actually sat in the midst of his people. You you see that on the journey through the Exodus, 40 years, in in the tent of the meeting, and later on in the temple. The Ark of the Covenant is the Holy of Holies. It is the very presence of God. And strangely, you know, when the Philistines are are close to capturing the Ark, they kind of realise with a sense of foreboding what this is about. It says in 1 Samuel, when they learned that the Ark of the Lord had entered the camp of the Israelites, the Philistines were afraid. A God has come into their camp, they said. We're in trouble. Nothing like that's ever happened before. Woe to us. Who will deliver us from the hand of these mighty gods? And so it goes on. Well, it turns out that they should have followed their instincts. Today we're going to look at, see what happens to the Philistines and to the Israelites when the the presence of God comes close to them. Let's have a look at it. If you've got a Bible, open it up at 1 Samuel chapter 5. We're going to begin the story at at verse 1. After the Philistines had captured the Ark of God, they took it from Ebenezer to Ashdod. Then they carried the Ark into Dagon's temple and set it beside Dagon. When the people of Ashdod rose early the next day, there was Dagon, their god, who had fallen flat on his face on the ground before the Ark of the Lord. They took Dagon and put him back in his place. The following morning when they rose, there was Dagon, fallen on his face on the ground before the Ark of the Lord. His head and hands had been broken off and were lying on the threshold. Only his body remained. That's why to this very day, neither the priests of Dagon nor any of the others who enter Dagon's temple at Ashdod step on the threshold. The Lord's hand was heavy upon the people of Ashdod and its vicinity. He brought devastation upon them and afflicted them with tumours. When the men of Ashdod saw what was happening, they said, The ark of the God of Israel mustn't stay here with us because his hand is heavy upon us and upon Dagon our God. So they called together all the rulers of the Philistines and asked them, What are we going to do with with this ark of the God of Israel? And they answered, Have the ark of the God of Israel moved to Gath? So they moved the ark of the God of Israel. But after they'd moved it, the Lord's hand was against that city, throwing it into great panic. He he afflicted the people of the city, both young and old, with an outbreak of tumours. So they sent the ark of God onto Ekron. As the ark of God was entering Ekron, the people of Ekron cried out, They've brought that ark of the God of Israel around to kill us and our people. So they called together all the rulers of the Philistines and said, Send that ark of the God of Israel away. Let it go back to its own place or it'll kill us and our people. For death had filled the city with panic and God's hand was very heavy upon it. Those who did not die were afflicted with tumours and the outcry of the city went up to heaven. Do You see, the Philistines look like they've won. And yet... They take the presence of God, the Ark of the Covenant, they put it in their temple next to their God, and Dagon falls down, face down, in front of the God of Israel. And the second time, his head and his hands are cut off. And then whenever they took the Ark of the Covenant, the impact of God as a captive in their midst was devastating. They got tumours. We'll see later there were plagues of mice. They'd captured God in human terms. They'd won. But you know what they'd forgotten? In fact, they never realised it in the first place. God is not subject to people. God is not someone you can capture and stick in your temple. He's not someone you can tame and subdue. 
Why are we talking about this stuff today? Because you and I, deep down, we try and tame and subdue God. We, we try and swing him around to our way of thinking, to meet our needs. We put him in the temple of our choice. We, we put him in the town and the city of our choice. You know what happens when we try to do that? We discover exactly what the Philistines discovered. We discover that God is not someone you can push around. Well, I'll just take this God and, and he'll bless me whenever I want him to. Okay, we can't see him. Our present circumstances perhaps appear much more powerful than him. But if we want to have our feet on solid ground amidst the storms of life, that's what we've been talking about over these last few weeks, we look at this maelstrom of the storm, the battle between the Philistines and the Israelites. 30,000 Israelites killed because they didn't honour their God. Who appeared to win? Who should have been, according to our simple human expectations on solid ground? The Philistines, they won the war. They captured Israel's God. But who they captured was the God who created all the universe. Not some idol, not some tin pot little God. They captured God and he wrought destruction upon them because they tried to subdue God. So much so, they couldn't wait to get rid of him. Do you get it? When we try to take God by force, force of argument, force of opinion, force of anything... Anything that doesn't recognise him for who he is, watch out. There are so many people playing church. There are so many people playing at being Christians, playing at religion, putting God here, putting God there. That's not what it's about. As Dagon found out, the only way you honour God is when you bow down before him because of who he is, the sovereign God above every name and every power and every authority in heaven and earth. That's what Hannah discovered. That's what Eli discovered. That's what Israel discovered. And that's what the Philistines discovered the hard way. You can't have God on your own terms. You can only have him on his terms. I'm Bernie Diamond and you're listening to Christianity Works. I just want to take a moment during this short break to share something truly important with you. Believing in Jesus, believing that one day you'll have the gift of eternal life, well, that's one thing. But actually living your life as though that's true, living in the victory that he died and rose again to give you, well, that's a whole other thing. That's why I'd love to send you a free copy of our latest life application booklet. It's called On Solid Ground. It's full of life-changing, practical Bible teaching to help you actually live every moment of the rest of your life in the victory that Jesus died and rose again to bring to you. In fact, at the end of each chapter, you'll find a series of life application questions to help you think through and apply God's Word right into the realities of your life. To request your copy, stop by our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com, or give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415, and we'll send your free booklet straight out to you in the post. Again, that's online at ChristianityWorks.com or toll-free on 1-300-722-415. All right, let's dive straight back now into God's Word to see what comes next. Well, the Philistines finally came to their senses. They realised they couldn't have God on their terms. They had a choice. You either accept God on his terms or you get rid of him. So they decided to send him back from whence he came. Now let's have a look at how they did that. We're going to pick this up in 1 Samuel. Grab your Bible, 1 Samuel chapter 6, beginning at verse 1. It's a great story. 
When the ark of the Lord had been with the Philistines for seven months, they called for the priests and the diviners and they said, what are we going to do with this ark of the Lord? Tell us how we should send it back to its place. They answered, if you return the ark of the God of Israel, don't send it away empty, but by all means send a guilt offering to him. Then you'll be healed and and you will know why his hand has not been lifted from you. The Philistines asked, what guilt offering should we send him? And they replied, five gold tumours and five gold rats, according to the number of Philistine rulers, because the same plague has struck both you and your rulers. Make models of the tumours and of the rats that are destroying the country and pay honour to Israel's God. Perhaps he will lift his hand from you and your gods and your land. Why do you harden your hearts as the Egyptians and the Pharaoh did? When he treated them harshly, didn't they send the Israelites out so that they could go their way? Now then, get a new cart ready with two cows that have just calved and have never been yoked. Hitch the cows to the cart, but take their calves away and pen them up. Take the ark of the Lord and put it on the cart, and in a chest beside it put the gold objects you're sending back to him as a guilt offering. Send it on its way, but keep watching it. If it goes up to its own territory towards Beth Shemesh, then the Lord has brought this great disaster on us. But if it doesn't, then we will know that it was not his hand that struck us and that all this happened just by chance. So they did that. They took two such cows, hitched them to the cart, penned up their calves. They placed the ark of the Lord on the cart along with the chest containing the gold rats and the models of the tumours. Then the cows went straight up toward Beth Shemesh. Keeping on the road, lowing all the way, they didn't turn to the right or to the left. The rulers of the Philistines followed them as far as the border of Beth Shemesh. It's fascinating stuff. See, these people didn't know God. but they, they got their own pagan spiritual leaders to advise them. Now, their system of faith was not one God. That's called monotheism. Now, they believed in many gods. They were polytheistic. And so they see the God of Israel as just another God on their list, who may or may not have power. Now, he clearly does because he's brought all this destruction on the Philistines. So they devise a test for this God. They get these two milk cows with their calves. You see, there's no way two cows who have just calved are going to leave their calves. And these cows have never been yoked. So only God could cause them to go back to Israel away from their young. And that's exactly what ends up happening. They don't turn to the right or the left. They're lowing all the way. They they don't want to go, but they go. And clearly this is an act of God. That's how the Philistines saw it. This is a story about so many people in this world who don't know God. See, they hear about God. It's amazing. God is still speaking. The number of times I've had a letter or an email that says, you know something, I just happened to flick on the radio and turn to a channel and, and your program was on and God spoke to me and changed my life. I'm going to share one of those at the end of this program, an amazing story of a rebel fighter in Africa who laid down his arms. See, God is still speaking today, all over the place. He reaches out to us and he ends up in our midst one way or another, as he did with the Philistines. See, remember back, how did the presence of God, the Ark of the Covenant, come to be in the midst of the Philistines? The Philistines fought Israel. Israel hadn't honoured their God. They got defeated by the Philistines big time. Eli, the priest, and his sons, Hophni and Phinehas, were killed in that battle. They expected God to show up like he always did, but he didn't. And it was a sovereign act of the sovereign God to allow defeat to come upon Israel and to allow his presence, the Ark of the Covenant, to be captured by the Philistines. God's own decision was to be in the midst of the Philistines that seven months. And they discover... You can't have him on your own terms. 
so they give him back. They send him packing. That's what I did for many, many years of my life. Every now and then, I encountered God. And you see, I had my own agenda for my life. I had my own plans. God didn't fit, so I would send him packing. And it seemed like he'd want to cause me grief and pain, want me to give up things I didn't want to give up. And time and time again, I'd want to hang on to him on my terms. Let me tell you something, it never, never, never worked. So I sent him packing. I rejected him like the Philistines. I wonder if that's ever happened in your life. Come on, how how much do we want God but on our terms? Well, I believe this about abortion, or I believe that about sexuality, or, or I believe this about the different roles of men and women. And when I discover what God has to say about those, I say to myself, well, I can't believe that. No, either I have God on my terms or not at all. Come on. There's a reason that God went to the trouble of recording this story about the Philistines and the Ark of the Covenant and then preserving it for a few thousand years and then broadcasting it on this radio station today. There's a reason. He's speaking to us through his story today. To all those people who would have God on their own terms, he's saying, no, you can't have me on your terms. You can't capture me and stick me in your temple. You can only have me on my terms. And as we're going to see after this next break, this problem was not reserved for the Philistines. It's not just for the people who didn't really know God, but it was also for God's own people, God's own people who would push him away. This series that we're going through is called On Solid Ground. We need solid ground beneath our feet. And after this break, we're going to discover exactly how to get it. Bernie Diamond, and you're listening to Christianity Works. As we take this short break, I'd like to tell you about a free daily resource that I'd love to send you to help you draw closer to God and live in the victory that Jesus died and rose again to give you. It's called Fresh, a short daily devotional with a powerful scripture verse and some words of inspiration, hope and encouragement delivered right into the inbox on your smartphone, tablet or computer each and every day. Or, if you prefer, you can now receive a printed version delivered right to your letterbox. It's completely free. To get instant access either to the digital or the printed version of Fresh, stop by our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com. You'll see the Fresh e-devotional sign-up right there on the top of the homepage. Or, if you prefer, give us a call toll-free on 1300 722 415 to request the printed Fresh devotional. It's completely up to you. That's online at ChristianityWorks.com or toll-free on 1300 722 415. So go ahead, sign up to receive Fresh and may your heart be touched and transformed as you draw ever closer to Jesus through His Word. Okay, let's head back now into God's Word. As I said before the break, the problem wasn't just restricted to the Philistines sending God packing with those cows with the Ark of the Covenant in tow. It was also a problem that happened with the Israelites. Let's see what happened when the Ark of the Covenant arrives back with Israel. 1 Samuel chapter 6, beginning at verse 19. The Ark has just wandered down the road with, with the cows, and this is what happened. God struck down some of the men of Beth Shemesh, putting 70 of them to death because they had looked into the Ark of the Lord. The people mourned because of the heavy blow the Lord had dealt them. 
And the men of Beth Shemesh asked, Who can stand in the presence of the Lord, this holy God? To whom will the ark go up from here? Then they sent messengers to the people of Kiriath-Jerim, saying, The Philistines have returned the ark of the Lord. Come down and take it up to your place. So the men of Kiriath-Jerim came and took up the ark of the Lord. They took it to Abinadab's house on the hill and consecrated Eliezer, the son, to guard the ark of the Lord. God is a sovereign God. We get him on his terms and not ours. And the Israelites dealt casually with God's presence when he came back. They, they looked upon him. Now, God says you can't look upon me and live. How often do we treat the mighty sovereign God casually? You and I, we, we take on God. Can I tell you who is going to win? Not us. Israel were God's people. They should have known better, but they didn't. So what was their reaction? The same as the Philistines. Oh, who can stand in front of this sovereign God? Where are we going to send him? They sent God packing. And it's a pattern repeated over and over and over again. So what's the answer? What these people needed was some solid ground beneath their feet. What you and I need is some solid ground beneath our feet. Well, that comes next in this story. That's exactly what happened. 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 2. It was a long time, 20 years in all, that the ark remained at Kiriath-Jerim. And all the people of Israel mourned and sought after the Lord. And Samuel, the prophet, said to the whole house of Israel, If you are returning to the Lord with all your hearts, then rid yourselves of the foreign gods and the Ashtoreths and commit yourselves to the Lord and serve him alone, and he will deliver you from the hand of the Philistines. So the Israelites put away their Baals and their Ashtoreths, and they served the Lord alone. And then Samuel said, Assemble all Israel at Mitzpah, and I will intercede with the Lord for you. When they had assembled at Mitzpah, they drew water and poured it out before the Lord. On that day they fasted and they confessed, We have sinned against the Lord, and Samuel was the leader of Israel at Mitzpah. When the Philistines heard that Israel had assembled at Mitzpah, the rulers of the Philistines came up to attack them. And when the Israelites heard of it, they were afraid because of the Philistines. They said to Samuel, Don't stop crying out to the Lord our God for us, that he may rescue us from the hand of the Philistines. So Samuel took a suckling lamb, offered it up as a whole burnt offering to the Lord. He cried out to the Lord on Israel's behalf, and the Lord answered him. While Samuel was still sacrificing the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to engage Israel in battle. But that day, the Lord thundered with a loud thunder against the Philistines and threw them into such a panic that they were routed before Israel. The men of Israel rushed out of Mitzpah and pursued the Philistines, slaughtering them along the way to the point below Bethkar. Then Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mitzpah and Shen, and he named it Ebenezer, saying, Thus far the Lord has helped us. So the Philistines were subdued and did not invade Israelite territory again. Throughout Samuel's lifetime, the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines. From the towns of Ekron to Gath that the Philistines had captured from Israel, they were restored to Israel. And Israel delivered the neighboring territory from the power of the Philistines. And there was peace between Israel and the Amorites. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 30 says this, I will honor those who honor me, but those who despise me will be treated by contempt. See, that's the place of solid ground. Israel finally got it right here. See, before they'd had priests who were sleeping around with prostitutes, priests who were dishonouring God, priests who were plundering the sacrifices of the people to God. And God said, you know something? If your leaders are going to be doing that, I am not going to bless you. So Israel fights the Philistines and Israel loses. And so the, the Ark of the Covenant of God goes to the Philistines 
and there's devastation there because of the presence of God. And they send it back to Israel and there's devastation there because of the presence of God because everyone was trying to have God on their own terms. Here is the place of solid ground. If you want to return to the Lord with all your heart, put away all your foreign gods. And that is God's word for you and me today. Put away all your foreign gods, all the other things you put before God, all the other things that you and I worship, put them away and worship God alone. Come to God on his terms, not ours, because he's the sovereign God. He's the God of the whole universe. He's the God, not just one other God amongst many. He is the God, the only God. And he calls us to worship him and him alone. So the people did that. And right at the moment they did that, the Philistines were going to attack them again. But this time, the moment they began to honor their God, this verse, 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 30, came into their experience. I will honour those who honour me, but those who despise me will be treated with contempt. People, that is the place of solid ground. It is the only place of solid ground. God is a sovereign God. He's not my performing puppy and he's not your performing puppy. He's not there to do tricks on our command. He is above us and we are his people. And God is calling us today to accept him on his terms as the sovereign God. Just the way Samuel told the people. Samuel said to them, you've got to accept God on his terms. They did. And immediately when a storm arose, God blessed his people. And that blessing went on for many, many years and their feet were on solid ground. Day. But before we go, there's something very important that I need to share with you. This program, Christianity Works, is encouraging so many people in over 160 countries to live in the victory that Jesus died and rose again to bring them. But that's only possible through the generous support of friends like you. Each dollar that you give toward the Ministry of Christianity Works today will help reach over 2,500 people with a gospel message. So a gift of, say, $35 can touch over 85,000 people with the good news of Jesus Christ. That's amazing. So let me encourage you to give a generous, tax-deductible gift of support to Christianity Works today. You can do that right now, securely online, by visiting our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com, or by calling 1-300-722-415. And when you do get in touch, please don't forget to request your free copy of that life application booklet that I mentioned earlier. It's called On Solid Ground. Again, that's online at ChristianityWorks.com or toll-free on 1-300-722-415. Thank you so much for your support and for joining me today. I'm Bernie Diamond. Catch you again same time next week with another message of God's love, God's grace, and God's power for each one of us in Jesus Christ.
Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.